best friends, you may be seated. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. We are starting a new series today called Spoken Word, and we're really excited about it because uh, you're going to be excited about this too, I'm sure. We're reading an entire book of the Bible to you today. <laughs> Yeah. Which sounds sounds like it's going to take a long time, but it doesn't, and it's super fun, and, and we've come up with ways to, to make it more interactive. And you will enjoy this experience more if you don't just let it happen to you. If you come here to just sit and listen to the people on stage, you're not going to get as much out of it. When we sing, go ahead and stand up and sing with us. When there are readings on the screen, go ahead and say those things out loud. They, they hit you differently when you interact with them and when you allow the spirit to work inside of you. All right? Okay, and everything that is going to happen today, like the normal church things like offering and any interactives that we have, you'll get directions on these screens. So it'll be really clear, but a little bit different than normal. So pay attention to the screens. Um, and this is how, this isn't just something weird that we wanted to try, but this is how the Bible would have been heard in the ancient church. They would have gathered together and somebody would have read the Bible aloud. It wasn't something that they just did silently by themselves. Uh, so we want to engage in that today and just let that wash over us and interact with it. Awesome. The Bible was never meant to be read. Its earliest audiences would have listened as the letters and prophecies were read out loud in public. Hearing the word read out loud invokes new understanding. The original audiences would not have heard single verses, but entire books in one sitting. These audiences understood the context of this scripture, leading to fewer theological errors and less severe positions, policies, and procedures. Today at Westwinds, we continue this tradition of spoken word as we read through the entire book of Colossians. Morning, everybody. Morning. You ready to read through Colossians today? I think this is going to change the way that you experience the Bible. Uh, and what I've noticed in, in the long time that I've spent studying the Bible and teaching the Bible is that oftentimes we just, we just pick like a few of our favorite verses um, or we pick maybe a few of the more harsh verses and we kind of cobble them together. And as a result, you get a really imbalanced picture of what maybe the Apostle Paul is saying. So, for example, people often think of Paul as a real jerk, like he was hard-nosed and judgmental. And, well, yeah, if you only read the hard things that he says, he sounds like a real hard case. Um, if you read everything he says, he sounds a little different. So this contextualizes the hard things, the good things, the inspiring things. And the meaningful things uh, all in one package. So, you've got a script with you. I encourage you to follow along in the script. There's some stuff that you've got to do, some stuff that we're going to say together. If you miss the script and choose to read out of your own translation of the Bible, that, that's great. Um, you know, there might be a couple of different wordings that, that are missed on you, but, but let's get started. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we pray always for you. For we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. How you lean on him with absolute confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, and of the selfless love which you have for all the saints. This comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the gospel. The gospel is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. The good news bears fruit and gets larger and stronger, just as it has in you. From the very first day, you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, and you've been hungry for more. For this reason, since the day we heard about it, we've not stopped praying for you. 
asking specifically that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and insight, in an understanding of spiritual things, so that you'll walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, displaying admirable character, moral courage, and personal integrity, fully pleasing God in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing in the knowledge of God with deeper faith, clearer insight, and fervent love for his precepts. We also pray that you will be strengthened with, his, with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father, for he's enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. God has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now we're going to read together. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all all creation. For by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, invisible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. That in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You, yourselves, are a case study of what God does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, estranged and alienated and hostile-minded toward God, participating in evil things. But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in his presence. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Dave, became a minister. This is the word of the Lord. I want you to know how glad I am that it's me sitting here in this jail and not you. There's a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world, the kind of suffering Christ takes on. I welcome the chance to take my share in the church as part of that suffering. When I became a servant in this church, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift, God's way of helping me serve you, laying out the whole truth. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. I want you to know, how much I've agonized for you and for the church and for many other believers who'd never even met me personally. 
I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you'll have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that ministry, ministry and nowhere else. And it's been revealed to us. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I'm far away from you, my heart is with you. And I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in union with him, reflecting his character in the things you do and say, living lives that lead others away from sin. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed upon him. You know your way around the faith. Now that you've been taught, you will overflow with thankfulness. So don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. It comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Let's read together. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human life. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who's the head over every ruler and authority. Let's go ahead and stand while we sing. Entering into the fullness of God is not something you discover or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. You're already insiders, not through some secretive initiation rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you, destroying the power of sin. If it's an initiation ritual you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection, God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities of supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details about your diet or worship services or holidays. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels saying they've had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud. They're not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, like don't handle and don't taste and don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires.
Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at the place of honor in God's right hand. Let's read this together. Set your minds on things that are lost, not on things that are earth. For you and your and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share all his glory. So to put to death the pride and power and the evil longings of your earthly body, sensual, self-centered instincts, immorality, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you've stripped off the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new spiritual self who's being continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self, a renewal in which there's no distinction between Greek and Jew and circumcised and uncircumcised, nor between ethnic groups, whether barbarian or Scythian, nor in status, whether slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. So believers are equal in Christ without distinction. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you, just as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these things, clothe yourselves in love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right, we told you that sometimes people take bits and pieces of the Bible out of context. This last section, uh, part five, is a really classic case in point. So what we're going to do to try and contextualize it more accurately is we're going to have each of you, men, women, parents, kids. Where's my, where's my kids? Not my kids, but where's kids in general? If you, if you have parents and they're in the room, then this is your chance to to set the record straight. And of course, this is also a famous piece of the Bible that in many of the original translations or early translations uses the term slaves and masters. So let's see if we can unmuddy some of this just a little bit here. Men, let's start us off. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that are not Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Parents, don't, don't come hard down on your children or you crush their spirits. Workers, do what you're told by your employers. Don't just do the minimum that'll get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. 
Keep in mind always, you're ultimately serving Christ. The sullen worker who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. Employers, treat your workers considerately. Be fair with them. Don't forget for a minute that you too work for God in heaven. Pray diligently, stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Don't forget to pray for us, that God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. Pray that I'll proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, redeeming the time. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others through conversation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As you go out this week, be diligent and alert, looking for ways to redeem the time and grow in the love, peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you.